Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. So I just wanted to thank everybody for coming today. Thank you for being here. Um, I know it's wonderful outside, and um, it's wonderful inside. <laughs> so it's a difficult choice sometimes, but thank you for being here. Um, so I'll just start by singing a few prayers, and um, just to purify the atmosphere a little more. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari 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 Gopi Janavallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopi Shodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamunatira Vanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare, Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Om Ajnanat Mirandasya Nama. Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitadantikam. Namom Vishnu Padaya Krishna Vinamne. Namaste Saraswati Devi Tarani Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha again and uh, I hope you can send me all your good wishes 
because I'm very nervous sitting up here. <laughs> so I hope I can speak something um, meaningful um, today. So my talk today is titled uh, Becoming Mahaprabhu's Agent of Change. So I wanted to start by asking who here is not familiar with Mahaprabhu? Okay. So um, Mahaprabhu, or Lord Goranga, um, is an incarnation century. Um, and his, his main goal was to propagate the love of God. Um, and he was very liberal in his approach. And he gave love of God to anyone and everyone. Um, he did not discriminate. Um, and he met people where they were in their bhakti. So he, you know, wherever you were, he, he met you at that platform. So my class is titled Becoming Mahaprabhu's Agent of Change. So I wanted to start with a question. What does it mean to be an agent? If, if um, I could solicit some answers from the audience. So what does it mean to you to be? Yeah, so through your own action to be able to bring about. Okay. So really being an agent of change, is, as was just mentioned, it's, it's a transformation that has to be both internal and external. So you're bringing about a change in your own life, um, in your own consciousness. And by that, you're appealing to people uh, around you. Um, and it may not even be in words. It may just be by your example. So it's both an internal and external transformation. So I have a follow-up question. So if there was a spiritual quality that you wanted to develop, um, what would it be? So um, you can answer in the format, in the next year, I'd like to be a better aspiring. Anybody else? In the next year, what would you like to be? Yes. I would want to become a... Wait a minute, she used to just project the glory. Go ahead. Okay. I want to become a humble servant of the Vaishnavas. Next <laughs> year. Uh, in the next year, I would like to become less disturbed by my outside situation and more inspired from within. Mm. Whenever we see you, we're inspired from within, so thank you. <laughs> so for me personally, I want to be an appreciator. In the next year, I want to be a better appreciator. Um, Vaisheshika Prabhu, who is a, a teacher on the path of bhakti, he says um, we should look around our, our, our surroundings and see everybody like they have a plaque posted to their forehead that says, make me feel appreciated. We should, we should endeavor to make people feel special. So Srila Prabhupada, um, who was the propounder of bhakti yoga in the West, um, he, he often quoted this verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's from the fifth canto. Um, it started with, yasyasti bhaktir bhagavati akinchana. And I'll just paraphrase what that really means. That verse highlights that one can develop all good qualities by dint of pure devotional service. So if you engage yourself in the devotional service of the Lord, all good qualities will manifest in you. And, um, and on the flip side, which is often what we see in verses, they, they tell you what will happen if you follow um, such and such path. 
and what will not happen if you don't follow such and such path. On the flip side, if you don't follow the path of pure devotional service, you may remain on the mental platform, and you may use your mind and your senses to find answers in this world, um, at which will be unsatisfactory. Uh, it won't be to your full satisfaction. And you, the mind then tends to speculate. We see that often in our daily interactions. We speculate about what others might be perceiving of us, you know, what, what they perceive of us, what others might be thinking at any given moment. We ascribe intentions sometimes to people. So we tend to speculate. We have that tendency. And, um, and so, yeah, if, if, if we engage ourselves in devotional service, we, we will, the, the scriptures say with authority, that we will develop these good qualities. And Srila Rupa Goswami, who's also another teacher um, on the path of bhakti, he um, wrote about the 26 qualities that a devotee can develop. It's also mentioned in, in another book called the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, and of the 26 quality, there is one primary quality, which uh, leads to the development of all the other 26 qualities. So there are qualities like a devotee being kind, compassionate, merciful, poetic, expert, uh, silent. Um, and, and there's one quality that leads to the development of all of those. So um, I'd like to ask the audience if someone would like to volunteer which quality that is. Yes, Prabhu. Eats a lot of prashadam. <laughs> 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 yes, Prabhu. Oh, that was my guess. <laughs> <laughs> he said that we should eat a lot of prashadam. <laughs> I think on the absolute platform that's not wrong. <laughs> but um, should we venture a guess? Yes, please. Yeah, it's on the same line. So it's, it's actually Krishna Kasharana. If you, if you surrender yourself to Krishna, if you, if you um, engage yourself in, the, in Krishna's plan and Krishna's will, then ultimately all of the other qualities will manifest. So we talked about what it means to be an agent of change a little bit um, and how change comes about in us. But um, why is it necessary for us to change? You know, one obvious answer is that we're, we're um, conditioned by our mind, by our environment, and we should purify ourselves in this life, work for a higher purpose, seek a higher goal. But also, um, change is inevitable in this world. Uh, it'll happen whether or not we desire it. Um, our thoughts, our moods, uh, the world around us is changing constantly. Actually, um, I think I read it a few years ago that there's, I don't know, remember the exact number, that any given minute there's like 80,000 thoughts that pass through our mind. Like it's a ridiculous number of thoughts that pass through our mind. So, um, you know, change is happening and the world and the environment is affecting us in ways we, we can't imagine. So, Srila Prabhupada on a morning walk on January 18th, 1974, this is what he said about change. We are being kicked by the agent of government, material nature. We are desiring in different ways to become the controller or the enjoyer. And we are being offered different facilities, different types of bodies, birth and death. You want to desire, 
You desired this thing. All, all right, take this body. You want to eat without discrimination? And he, he's, he says heavily and boldly here, all right, take this body of a pig. That's nature's gift. Therefore, you're changing. He's going on changing. This dress, that dress, that dress, that dress. But he's not in sense that how can I stop this change? Doesn't know. So he, he talks about how change just happens, and we have these desires, we have these subconscious desires that, that bring about change um, constantly. And so I guess my argument today is that if we can use everything in Krishna's service, we can also change in the right direction. It's, it's, a, it's I guess, a broad application of, of yukta vairagya, which is the principle of using everything in our life in devotional service. And, and Srila Prabhupada and his teacher, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, were um, great proponents of this yukta vairagya. So can we bring about change in the world one person at a time, starting from ourselves? So that's, that's the argument that I'll be presenting today. So in my work as a physician in the hospital, uh, whenever we have, we have these organizations that come and evaluate the functioning of the hospital and how everything seems to be working fine and, and you know, the, the injections are stored where they need to be and the beds are cleaned and, you know, all of that. And at the end of that process, uh, they give us what's called RFIs, which are requests for improvement. So every time such a process takes place, you're given like five to ten requests for improvement. And really, in this, in this world, in this material world, we are constantly receiving requests for improvement. You know, it's, it can be um, in any way and form, even in the spiritual society, uh, we are sometimes shown the mirror by the devotees, and, and it's a request for improvement. Um, but the question really is, do we feel accountable? Do we, do we feel that we are accountable to ourselves? Do we feel accountable to Srila Prabhupada? Do we feel accountable to our spiritual master? And do we feel accountable to Krishna? And if we do feel accountable, then we would want to change. We, would, we really would want to change. Um, there's one story I uh, heard from my spiritual master. Um, he was talking about an experiment that Burijan Prabhu did once, um, and he sent a group of devotees, he gave some devotees a homework, that you go out today, and for the whole day, don't complain or criticize for the entire day. Uh, you may have... <laughs> don't, don't do it at all. And so um, the devotees, he took report next day, and they said it was very difficult. It was very difficult. And one of them said that I didn't want to criticize, but the environment you know, was such that it was very difficult for me to get away. And Burijan Prabhu said that the environment is not going to change. It's not going to change. It's only you who can change. So good luck. You know, if you, if you expect that the environment around you is going to change, um, that's going to be tough. So, and Srila Prabhupada said in this regard that example is better than precept. So it's better to embody and live by the principles um, of, of bhakti yoga, of live by higher principles, than to, to preach pr those principles and not follow them. 
Um, and on, in this regard, I also came across a nice verse from the Bhagavad Gita. This is Bhagavad Gita 632. He is a perfect yogi who, by comparison to his own self, sees the true equality of all beings in both their happiness and their distress, O Arjuna. So I'll read the purport in Srila Prabhupada's commentary. One who is Krishna conscious is a perfect yogi. He is aware of everyone's happiness and distress by dint of his own personal experience. The cause of the distress of a living entity is forgetfulness of his relationship with God. And the cause of happiness is knowing Krishna to be the supreme enjoyer of all the activities of the human being, the proprietor of all lands and planets, and the sincerest friend of all living beings. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Srila Prabhupada says, In other words, a devotee of the Lord always looks to the welfare of all living entities. And in this way, he is factually the friend of everyone. He is the best yogi because he does not desire perfection in yoga for his own personal benefit, but tries for others also. He does not envy his fellow living entities. Here is a contrast between a pure devotee of the Lord and a yogi interested only in his personal elevation. So Srila Prabhupada makes the point, um, Krishna says that a yogi, I, I found this quite striking, that he's a perfect yogi who, by comparison to his own self, so you, you introspect, you, you, by your own experience, you realize the happiness and the distress in this world. Um, and you, you work for the welfare of all living entities. And the best yogi is one who's not, just not desiring, I'm going to practice this path, I'm going to elevate myself, and I'm going to go back. You know, I'm going to go back to the spiritual world. But in fact, you, you're working for the welfare of all the living entities, and you're trying for other people to be uplifted also. So bringing about change in the world, starting with yourself. And um, I heard a, a, a preacher, um, uh, Goranga Prabhu, um, he was saying about this topic that one who's, who's ecstatic, one who's really practicing bhakti yoga, really feeling happy within, it's not that he's just immersed in his own happiness, but in fact that person becomes more and more attuned to the distress of other people. You become, the more happy, the happier you get, the more blissful you get by by uh, a, a sustainable, wonderful practice of bhakti yoga, the more you become compassionate and, and the more you want to give to others. It's almost like a paradox. It's like you're not rejoicing just in your own bliss, but you're actually wanting to, to you know, it spills over. Um, and also in this, in this purport, Srila Prabhupada talks about being a well-wishing friend. He always signed his letters as your ever well-wisher. Um, and he talks about being a well-wishing friend. And there's different types of friends that are described in the scripture. You know, there's uh, something called Mitra, which is a casual friend. Something called Bandhu, which is a more formal friend. And there's a friend called Suharit. A Suharit is a well-wishing friend. And I know Brajbihari Prabhu's favorite verse 
I don't know if it is, but I'm, I'm speculating, is uh, uh, you know, the peace formula where Krishna says, Suradam Sarva Bhutanam, I'm the friend, the well-wishing friend of all living entities. Um, so, so part of bringing about change in the world is really changing our consciousness and introspecting and seeing, are we well-wishers of, of everyone around us? So we talked about what it means to be an agent of change. Why should we change? We have to change. Change is inevitable. Uh, we looked at this purport that, that we need to look at our own selves first before we you know, distribute um, to others what, what we have received. And I'd like to talk about one aspect of change. Obviously, change is a very broad topic. We all evolve and grow in different ways. And growth is not painless. If, in fact, growth is painful. It's the nature of growth. Um, if you have little children and they ever slept in bed with you and they turned 180 degrees around, you know that they're getting growing pains in their legs and they just kick you and, and you know, the so growth is, is painful. So the one change that I'd like to talk about is taking the higher road. So who here um, can, can help me and, and describe what taking the higher road broadly means? Okay, we'll yes, give him a chance. Wait, 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 John. Uh, admitting that you're wrong, perhaps? Okay. Okay, thank you. Taking the higher road means challenging yourself, you know, give, give a bigger task to yourself which you think you can challenge and accomplish that. Keep the bigger targets. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Actually, accepting whatever Krishna gives, and uh, I mean, it's very difficult, especially when difficulties are there, accepting that and saying that that is Krishna's path and that's what you want. Knowing, okay, it's knowing when you're wrong, even when you think you're right. So it's like, just because you think you're right, like you have to know that I might not be right in the situation. To quote the previous uh, first lady, when people go low, you go high. Yes. Right. So you don't come. If somebody is has anger or hatred in their heart, you don't fight. You don't meet that person with the same thing. You don't take it on. You go high. Yes. Thank you. Right. Thank or you. what happened at the inauguration? Right. He said, "When people go low, you go J Lo." <laughs> you have a good memory. Okay. You can. All right. So. Yeah, taking the higher road, um, in bhakti scriptures, um, broadly it means accepting what is favorable for bhakti. Um, and there's a famous verse, it's called Smarta Vyasatatam Vishnur, that, you, that all devotional principles follow one basic principle, which is we should always remember Krishna and never forget him. And to do that, we have to take the higher road, as difficult as it may sound. So um, if we do that, if in a difficult, all the things that you mentioned, if in a difficult situation we take the higher road, we do what's right, um, and we build that courage within us, from courage comes empowerment. We feel empowered and liberated, and we pat ourselves on the back in that situation when we take the higher road. So um, because the talk is Mahaprabhu's agent of change. I wanted to um, 
In interest of time, I will talk about one story from his pastimes. So, as I mentioned, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came in this world to give love of God to everybody. And he did not discriminate whether someone was eligible or not. He gave it to people who were, who were grossly committing a lot of sins. Um, and and, and he, just, he just wanted to lift everybody up. And he had some agents of change. Like here, in this audience, we have some Prabhupada's agents of change. Um, and, and so he had some agents. And one of his agents was Nityananda Prabhu, who um, is the incarnation of Lord Bal- Balaram. And Haridas Thakur, who was another saint who was really um, chanting the name of God constantly. So he sent these two agents out to distribute love, to, en- to engage people in chanting the name of God. And they approached two, two rogues. Um, their names were Jagai and Madhai. And Jagai and Madhai had committed every sin possible, like Whatever, if you've watched a Bollywood movie, and if you, you think of the villain in a Bollywood movie, they were like 100 times a villain in a Bollywood movie. They had committed every, t- every possible sin that, that one could. And so Nityananda Prabhu and, and Haridas Thakur went up to them, and these, these rogues, they chased them away. Like, they literally ran after them. Um, I'll share one experience from from my, um, my uh, me- medical school days. Um, I was in India, and I was distributing the polio vaccine um, in the streets of a village. Like, there were small villages, and many people didn't want to get, the, get their ch- children vaccinated. They thought it caused infertility or something. And so we had to drink vials of the vaccine to, to show people that it was not poisonous. So I hope I'm not getting polio in this life, because I've had... Uh, uh, many vials, but um, you know, and, and one man ran after us with a with a with a, a sickle, and so we ran the streets of of this narrow village just looking for a place to hide. So Jagai and Madai attacked Nityananda Prabhu and and Haridas Thakur, and they ran. They chased them for a very long distance, and Haridas Thakur. Was was you know telling Nityananda Prabhu, you're going to get me killed. Like, what are you doing? You're just going to get me killed. And and he was like, they went back. You know, they went back into the the group of devotees. And one devotee, Advaita Acharya, he, he, they spoke to him, and he said, "Well, if you want to prove that Mahaprabhu gives love of Godhead to everybody, you've got to convert these two rogues, Jaga and Mada. You have to get them." To chant, you have to get them to embrace, uh, you know, the chanting of the holy names. So they went back again, and 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 this time around, um, Jaga and Madai just got so irritated. They're like, "Who are these people? Like, what are they doing in our territory?" And so Madai, in a rage, in a fit of anger, and they were drunk all the time, uh, you know. So it's described that Nityananda Prabhu was drunk on on the love of Godhead. He was, so, he was so blissful and so happy chanting Krishna's name that he, it was like he was intoxicated with the love. And, and Jaga and Madai were, were actually intoxicated with, on alcohol or whatever else. And so, they, the, so Madai picked up this pot and he smashed it 
on the head of Nityananda Prabhu. And Nityananda Prabhu's head started bleeding. And when Mahaprabhu heard about that, he, he came to the scene and he really wanted to, to attack. You know, he, re, he, was, he was upset that how can his devotee be attacked? So he really wanted to punish Jaga and Madai. But Nityananda Prabhu said to Lord Chaitanya that actually Madai saved me. Uh, Jagai saved me. Jagai told Madai. He start, tried to stop Madai. And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard that, he's like, oh, you tried to save my Nityananda? He, he just embraced him. So, you know, the point here being that Nityananda Prabhu, even though he was attacked, he was taking the higher road. He was trying to please Mahaprabhu, trying to please Krishna. And he wasn't thinking about himself. He was really thinking about the welfare of Jagai and Madai. And in the end, um, Jagai and Madai actually were, were pardoned, um, so to speak, and they, they um, received the love of Godhead. So, and, and so Nityananda Prabhu approached Jagai and Madai not once, but twice. And, and he forgave Madai even for attacking him and drawing blood. So I guess the, the question here is, okay, we should be more compassionate, we should change, we should take the higher road. But, you know, the, the mind then says, oh, should we just let people walk over us? Should, just, should we just be reckless, you know? Um, you could say that when we chant the holy name, there's something called offenses to the holy name, and, and one of the offenses is to instruct the faithless. So Jaga and Madai had no faith, so... Why, you know? But, but the fact of the matter is that if you deeply care, if you truly deeply care, you, you still want to extend the Lord's mercy to, you know, to anybody and everybody. And so Srila Prabhupada in Bhagavad Gita, this is chapter 3, verse 29. I'll read what he says. He says, Men who are ignorant cannot appreciate activities in Krishna consciousness. And therefore, Lord Krishna advises us not to disturb them and simply waste valuable time. But the devotees of the Lord are more kind than the Lord because they understand the purpose of the Lord. Consequently, they undertake all kinds of risks, even to the point of approaching ignorant men to try to engage them in the acts of Krishna consciousness which are absolutely necessary for the human being. So Lord Nityananda, in his, in his role as the devotee, was approaching um, Jagan Madhat. Um, another point from the story that I, I found uh, striking was Mahaprabhu told Jagai Madhat, okay, you've committed all of these offenses up until now. You've not lived a good life. But from this day forward, don't, don't do any more of this. And, and they, they understood, and, and they uplifted themselves. And, and my humble prayer is that that day should come for all of us, that we be ready to face the mirror and look in the mirror and be determined to change our lives, um, and, and that we pray for that, that determination. And then um, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, which describes Mahaprabhu's pastimes, um, there is a very interesting description that when Jagai and Madai gave up their sinful activities, 
what happened to them was on their tongues, uh, Shuddha Saraswati appeared. So Saraswati is the goddess of learning um, and, and, and intelligence. And so the goddess of transcendental knowledge appeared on the tongue of Jagai and Madai. And so I, I found that very fascinating, and, I, and, and it, it led me to um, introspect, and I was hoping that we can pray that this goddess of transcendental knowledge appear on our tongues, that we are able to discriminate well. Um, how many here have heard of the serenity prayer? Yeah? Can, can somebody help me chant it? So, dear God, please give me the serenity to accept what I cannot change, the courage to change what I can, and, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. So I, I felt like Shuddha Saraswati is, is kind of like that. You know, you, you understand what you can't change in this world, what you can, and, and how to discriminate. So another offense, I guess, to the holy name, when we chant the holy name, we try not to do these things, um, is to consider the glories of chanting Hare Krishna to be an imagination. And if we don't feel the bliss in our heart, if we, we don't feel the happiness in our heart, you could almost say that, that you're, you're making that offense, you know, that you're not, you're not experiencing it. You're, you're, um, and, and you may consider that chanting Hare Krishna is not going to lead you anywhere, right? But, but what the point I make is that if we take the higher road, if we humble ourselves, if we respond to do the right thing in a difficult situation, um, we will we will stray away from uh, we will stay away from from making this offense. So the last few points that I want to make is that um, Urmila Devi, who's a who's a teacher in our line, she makes the point that we are very good at being international Krishna consciousness, but we really want to be an international society for Krishna consciousness, and so we want to bring about change, um, and the society. And, and the greater society changes if we change. Um, another point that I heard from one of the teachers in the line is that the, like Srila Prabhupada was a floodlight. You know, he, he lit the way, but we can be little torchlights. Um, we can change ourselves, we can be little torchlights, helping ourselves and others on the path. And, and deep care is, is necessary to bring about change. We want to change, we want to be an agent of change, and, and we really need to deeply care. And our ecstasy, our, our bliss from our own practice has to spill over um, into the questions, reflections, corrections. Thank you. Thank you. Otherwise, we, we'll think that you're all ready for change. <laughs> uh, maybe more of a comment? Yes, from... Uh, I don't think you should be nervous. You did such a nice job. And um, I appreciate how the class was really focused on practical application of our... My question is, um, as a doctor, neuro neurologist, is that right? Okay. Um, Obviously, in some cases, you want your patients to change, right? So I was wondering if you could compare and contrast uh, 
getting patience to change and and uh, either as yourself as a devotee or, or devotees in general trying to change their lives to improve. So the, the patient improving and the devotee improving and compare and contrast those two. So um, I think change happens when um, people have a good example. Um, I t I'll tell people to change all the time. So mostly what I see is are stroke patients and uh, smoking is a, is a big risk. So oftentimes I try to tell them, like, you've had enough cigarettes for your lifetime. Like, this is it, you know. And nicotine is like pouring acid down a, a pipe. It corrodes your blood vessels. I have all these statements that I can say to them. But that realization for change I've noticed comes from within. Um, and I've had many patients just tell me, uh, oh my gosh, you know, and, and they, they come in with weakness and they get better. Like, you know, they're paralyzed on one side of their body and then they're better in, in the next few days. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I can't ha have this happen to me again. So it's, it's almost like the world is, we, we know about the miseries in the world and that, you know, we can, we can have difficulties that arise from the environment, difficulties that arise from our mind and other agents. And so when somebody has something like this happen, they actually get a glimpse of spiritual realization. They, they actually feel like, gosh, I've, I've got to change something in my life. And I think change is a very, it's a, it's a personal journey. Um, and, and similarly in spiritual life, we, we have to take the requests for improvement from our environment and, and improve um, in our own lives. We have to come to that stage ourselves. I think that um, telling somebody to change without them asking for it always backfires. In a, in a, in a physician's role, I, I have a little authority to do it, but in spiritual life, I, I wouldn't tell somebody to change unless they truly asked me, you know, what do you think? How do you think I'm doing? And we have some teachers. We all have some teachers in our lives and our, some confidants that we, we go to, like Ananda Prabhu. <laughs> Whose hand? For two. Yeah. Thank you, Prabhu. Um, very wonderful class. I'm very fortunate I'm here this afternoon. So, just um, I've had association of very senior devotees, and I know several senior devotees, anything that takes the japa away from them, they will never do it. Mm. So, and right now, we have a situation in which, like you as a physician, uh, you will recommend that you know, we make changes. Say, for instance, exercise. I know devotees who will never do anything, any form of exercise that takes the japa away from their right hand, that's totally like <laughs> impossible. They will never do it. Mm -hmm. So from the point of view of a bhakti, of a bhakti, and from the point of view of a physician, what would be your recommendation? I'm getting old. That's why I'm asking this question. I'm yeah. asking it just yeah. for my own selfish. Yeah. It reminds me of the time Srila Prabhupada was hospitalized in a hospital in New York. And the doctor, he, has, he had Brahmananda Prabhu take him out of the hospital. And the doctor said, this man must walk. And he took it very seriously for his health. And just yesterday, if I may, um, Prajbihari Prabhu shared with us what Srila Prabhupada had written in his own handwriting, and it said, health, japa, health, japa, seva, health, 
health, uh, health, health chanting, health chanting, chanting save, save, and reading. And reading. Yeah. So help. Srila Prabhupada said we must take care of our health. Um, I can give an example of Vaisheshika Prabhu because one of his devotees told me what he does. So he wakes up in the morning and he will listen to Srila Prabhupada's class and exercise for 30 minutes and then he'll chant and then he'll go to the morning. Chanting, seva, reading. Did yeah. you all get that? That's a takeaway for today. Reading, reading is the last one. Reading, yeah. I fully agree with change is a must in every situation, in every condition. My only, only thing I want to add is change could be for the worse. And for that change, I think we need some guide and or guru to make sure we are not going south. That's exactly. Well, somebody else um, I'll go to Raja Radha. Thank you the most wonderful class. I was just uh, listening to half of it, the last one-fourth part of it. So um, I had a question similar to what Vrajvihari Prabhu asked, um, like how would you suggest um, changes to your patient versus asking devotees? So do you think something like uh, following a regimen, like a dosage regimen for patients uh, who are on medicines and then uh, like the more they follow, they are true and faithfully follow the regimen, they recover quickly. Uh, and also in spirituality, the regimen is given by all the acharyas. So if we follow that regimen, we will get taste in chanting and something which can be. That's a very good contrast, Prabhu. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, so the more we, the more we chant, the more we realize the it's not a question, but uh, I'd really like to thank you for the very productive class. And I want to share it with all my friends. And I've taken notes of all the things you've said about change. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, thank you so much for the class. You're very kind. Thank you. Thank you. Just, this is, she's just started coming to the temple. She's a student at George Mason University. Okay. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming. There. Okay. We have a few minutes before lunch. Um, and, I, and I have a few announcements before you all I have a good friend uh, named Akendra Prabhu, and he wrote a song once, a uh, really insightful song. He talks about all the miseries of the world, uh, and then he says, and then it lets up a little. It only lets up a little, but when it lets up a little, I think I like it here. <laughs> so I'm sure you get patients like that also, right? So they, you know, they had a stroke, and, and so they followed the regimen, and after a while, no, you know, it's okay, maybe one or two, so, you know, they get a little better. And then they think that. So how do you how do you deal with that? Either as a devotee, you know, because you think, oh, you had so much suffering, and then you pick up your beads and go to the temple, and it gets a little better, and then it's okay. Well, you know, a little Netflix, a little this, that's okay. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, it lets up a little, and it's the material world's not so bad. Mm -hmm. So either as a patient or as a devotee, how do we um, address that tendency that when things get a little better, we think yeah, mm -hmm. it's all good. Um, thank you for that question. For some reason, I just thought of a train. Um, and I remember as a child traveling on trains, and I had this fear of tunnels. And every time the train went into a tunnel, I would close my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I would, I would close my eyes every time the train went into a tunnel. And so I, um, I, what you just said kind of reminded me of that because the train is moving. It's moving from point A to point B and it's going over bridges and going through tunnels and going back out in the outdoors and then going, you know, just coursing through. And I feel like life is a little bit like that. Like if we have the goal in mind, then we just keep coursing through. Um, and I, I feel that when it lets up a little and we're back in the sunshine, um, if we've gone through enough tunnels, then we'll be grateful for the sunshine, but we'll... Okay, got it. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. <laughs> this is directly related to change. And uh, it's something that I came across and posted on Facebook, but it's relevant to what you're talking about. So Shul Prabhupada is quoting in a letter. He said, out of many thousands of men, one may endeavor for perfection. And of those who have achieved perfection, how one knows me in truth. So it's quoting from Bhagavad Gita. Then Shul Prabhupada says, if just 0.01% of the world's population becomes Krishna conscious, the whole situation on earth will change. Just see what has happened. I started alone in 1966, and in just seven years, now there are 3,000, and it is growing more and more. So if the intelligent men of the world, like yourself, cooperate with this all-important mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we can save the world from the state of misery and chaos that now prevails. Thank you, Prabhu. That's very nice. Thank you. Well, it's good to end that on a high note. So just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, to take with you. Uh, just wanted to introduce Uganda. Could you stand up for a second?